And we're back for part two, surprisingly. We made it. We made it. Um, what did you say? I said we haven't been cancelled yet by Spotify. Not yet. Well, that is copyright-free music, but I have um, been playing just like normal music on the other podcast. I'm just waiting until that shit gets canned and then um, then I'll be all focused on this one. I'll be honest. I think this, the copyright censors and lawyers have better things to do. That's what I said. I was talking to my friend today. I was like, if I get, you know, sued or anything, I'll be like, thanks for listening. Like, God bless you. Yeah, you've taken the listen. You've taken the listenership up by 200% with all these lawyers you've played it to. Yeah. Um, yeah, would you be fire? Attention, that's all I need. Um, Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, yeah. Unless you get sued. That's true. Yeah, unless I lose all my money. That's all right. I know a few good lawyers. Yeah. yeah well, I'll hit you up in... How long have you got? Till you... Do you have to pass the bar? Have you done that already? No, so I'm not going to be a barrister. I'm just going to be a solicitor. I think I'll be admitted as a lawyer in about 52 weeks, uh, 50 weeks. Very good. Mm, exciting. Wow. All right. I'm going to jump into the list. Do we have a sting for the list? We, let me check. Anything? Uh... I've seen better swings on a condemned playground. That's the sting for the list. I have seen better swings. Uh, perfect. From so that's the standard. You've got to be better than swings on a condemned playground. Yeah. Well, the list, the trade isn't. So the list is my top five worst trades um, in the AFL. Oh, God. Number five. All right. I'm excited. Slightly worried. Nah, nah, nothing. Well, when I wrote the list, I didn't have um, Dan O'Hare for a bag of beans, but to be fair, you got, what, what do you get? No. Picks? Pick seven. Seven. No, that, that's a good deal for us, I think. I was thinking more Mark Williams from Hawthorne to Essendon. Oh, it's up there. Whose, whose highlight of his Essendon career was kicking a goal after the siren in, in a NAB Cup game to draw with St Kilda. I miss Mark Williams. There I said it. Uh, he, just going back to the segment in the last segment, he could be an option for North. Been at Richmond the last few years. Yeah, that's true. Um, he did piss on the ground at a training once. So he got done for... Decent exposure. That's the last thing I remember Mark Williams doing. Uh, we've all been there. Yeah, haven't we all? Number five. Brendan Favola. Carlton of Brisbane. That was a rough. They got um, Carlton got picked 12 and Lockie Henderson and Fev played 17 games for the Lions. They got picked 12 and Lockie Henderson. Yeah. And then Carlton somehow fumbled Lockie Henderson as well. Like he wasn't that good when he was at Carlton, but I, I've always rated Lockie Anderson. I mean, he did get delisted at the end of last year. I don't remember that. Yeah, Ge- Geelong delisted him and then picked him up as a rookie. Now, 
So I mean, he's not a not a superstar, but yeah, it's still Rob. poor poor from Brisbane. Yeah, pick twelve for a ninety-year-old Fev to pair with um, Trey Brown. Two cents between the ears, Jonathan Brown. <laughs> Number four, Josh Kennedy, Hawthorne to Sydney. Um, Josh Kennedy, arguably one of the better players of the early 2010s. Um, we got pick 39 for him. And we picked up Ruckman Sam Grimley, who played a dozen games and then <laughs> injured as most... Oh, no, he played three games. Three? He played three games. We traded an almost Brownlow medal winner for three games of a lanky Box Hill player. Yeah, no, that hasn't aged well. No, it really hasn't. Um, Hawthorne's list management in the late 2010s, uh, no, late 2000s, is um, leaves a lot to be desired. Um, we've, got, we've had some good ones. But picking Mitch Thorpe at number six is not one of them. Um, um, number three. Hawks get Burgoyne. Oh, uh, Burgoyne came from Port. This was like a four-team deal, I think. Um, the deal that sent Mark Williams to Essendon. And I think I think Port got picked number seven and it turned into like Jaden Adard. And um, Burgoyne won three flags after that. So not ideal, mm. but um, it was, did you say Adard? It was Pittard, wasn't it? I say Adard? Jaden, it's Jaden Pittard, yeah? Yep. Yeah, Pittard. Um, who was okay and I, I think he plays for North now. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And, you know, number two, another Hawk, Josh Gibson to Hawthorne. Same year. That was a good year for Hawthorne. Um, we gave up a bag of beans um, for Josh Gibson, which turned into Aaron Black and Aiden Kennedy. Oh, that hasn't aged well. Um, I remember Aaron Black. I do not remember Aiden Kennedy. I also do not remember Aiden Kennedy. And number one, a pretty brutal trade. Brad Ottens. From Richmond to Geelong. Um, Brad Ottens traded for pick 12 and 16, and the Tigers selected club legends Danny Meyer and Adam Pattinson. <laughs> uh, Brad Ottens went on to win two flags? Three? Yeah, two or three. I think it was two, but who knows? Yeah. Um, and that's my top five list of Worst trades. Is this worst trades ever or worst trades this century? This century. Okay. Can I just go back in the time capsule a little bit and offer one to top them all? Yeah, go on. So, nineteen, the end of 1994. Fremantle gave Essen. Uh, sorry, Essendon gave Fremantle. Dale Kickett. Tony Delaney. Todd Ridley and Russell Williams. I know who seen... those players are. You do? No. no. I know who Dale Kickett is. The other three, no idea. In return, Essendon received pick four and a pre-draft compensation selection. 
Yeah, with those two picks, Essendon select Matthew Lloyd Oof. and Scott Lucas. Oh, <laughs> that's a banger of a trade. Wow, my goodness. That is just awful. That is... Who the fuck uh, did Dale kick it? I'm going to have to look him up. Um, he played every game in the 1993 season and then Kevin Sheedy dropped him for the grand final. Jeez, that's a bit harsh. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he'd hardly had a kick, but... Yeah. Yes, the... Uh... Whew, yeah, that is a really bad trade. Yeah, that, it's pretty... That is, I that, mean, if you're, if you're the Fremantle list manager, you, you don't want to look back. I don't think you have a job at this point. I wonder who the list manager was. I have no idea. Also, no, it would it would appear that that is not the right player. Uh, that story I've told you is, is about somebody completely different. Um... No, Dale Kickett played for four different clubs and was pretty awful. Derek Kickett, on the other hand, played every game of the 1993 season. Uh, I don't know if it's his brother or cousin. I, I don't know. Probably a cousin. But anyway, yeah, I would argue that's worse than all of those five. But I agree. That's a, that's a, that's a brutal trade. Jesus Christ. Wonderful for Essendon. Oh, that's two blooming left footers. Set you up for years to come. Yep. Probably won you that grand final, to be honest. Delivered us the greatest season any AFL club has ever seen. One kick away from a perfect season in 2000. Oh, yeah. That's when... Um, Chris Grant hit the goal with 20 seconds to go. Was that Rodney Ede? He just flooded when he... Terry Wallace, I think it was. Yeah, I remember that yeah. was uproar. That was um, Bev-esque when Carl, uh, Hawthorne flooded the back line for Bev's 99. Oh, that, that was so poor. That was poor sportsmanship. But here's what it is. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, All right. What are we on to? Red? All right. Let's... Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wait, give me something that's... I think that sting gets longer every week. Yeah, you're not wrong. It does uh, drag on a bit. It's going to be 70% of the podcast in a couple of months. Yeah, well, we're going to have to fill it because um, AFL trade season is going to be over and then uh, then when do we got cricket? That's right, man. It'll be big bash season. Fantastic. I'll say you uh, have that. All right. Off what? I'll say you're going to be right. during the big bash season. Uh, just a quick one this week, Jim. I've had a little bit of feedback indicates that the rant is possibly lagging just a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to rip straight in. 
I'm so sick of these fuckwits on social media complaining about how the AFL's corrupt and they're biased and it's all just a big conspiracy because the Joe Danaher compensation pick, especially the ones that are comparing it to the Brad Crouch compensation that was offered and how they're so different. Learn the fucking rules. The reason Danaher's is so much higher is because Brisbane are paying overs at 8.50 a year. It's way too much, but that's what the offer is. So live with it. Crouch got offered 600 a year. Danaher, 850. That's why it's lower. It's not fucking hard. If young Bradley hadn't got busted with drugs a few weeks ago, it might have been different. That's stiff shit. He got busted. St Kilda offered him much less money because, I mean, unreliable, I guess. It's just not a good look. If I hear one more fucking person complain that Joe's only played 15 games in three years, so his compo should be lower, Crouch, what a best and fairest in that time, I will throw my phone at a wall. At their peak, Crouch doesn't deserve to lace Danaher's boots. And that is that. And don't even get me started. Don't get me started on those comparing it to the buddy compensation that you received when he walked out. Um, the system may be broken, but they're the rules. So get the fuck over it. They are the rules. I think they are broken rules, but they're rules nonetheless. So, like, what did um, what did Geelong get for Gary Ablett? They get. Uh, I don't think that that was pre-free agency, wasn't it? So that I think that was like an AFL determined thing. Yeah. Um. Like, Brennan Goddard was the first big-name free agent, which was 2012, I reckon. Yeah. Worked well for him. Jeez, that was a waste of time. What, the rant? Sorry. No, the the, uh, Gary Applet move to Gold Coast. I mean, in fairness to it... Well, I mean, Gold Coast buggered up their recruiting compared to GWS, so... Yeah, people fucked up there. But, I mean, Ablett was very, very good at the Gold Coast and would have guided them to a finals appearance Appearance had he not done his shoulder. So, yeah. He played 110 games for the Suns. Yeah, I mean, it was very nice to see that send-off in the grand final for the Gold Coast's greatest ever player. I mean, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah I mean, it is Nice to see Gold Coast's second greatest ever player standing there clapping him off with his premiership medal. Dion Pressier. Okay, Gold Coast's second and third best ever players. Who am I missing? Tom Lynch. Ah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Multi-time. Let's hit it. No sting. I don't think I have a sting for this one. No, this is just... Ah, let's go with this one. I think that's apt because I do see it, but I do not believe it. It's funny that you use that as the sting because we got robbed last week. Now the Falcons turned up. Yeah, well, that's not what I'm talking about. We actually only got two legs, but the cricket leg that I chose, I chose David Warner to be the highest scorer for the Sunrisers Hyderabad. He scored fucking 66. He had a blinder of a game and then 
some other no-name bloke has come out and made 80. Yeah. Absolutely ripped. But this week, shorter odds have gone for a more guaranteed... Just put the house on it. We're yet to get on the board, so... Uh, we're going very short odds. Leg number one at seven dollars fifty. Tiger moth with Tiger moth to win the Melbourne Cup tomorrow. Get on it. Absolutely guaranteed. We'll storm home and win by the length of the Flemington Strait. With everybody there to uh, no nobody there to cheer him on, but he will shit him if I can be a longer. Second leg, we're going to a cricket heavyweight bout. Uh, the underdogs, Pakistan, we're going to defeat the might of Zimbabwe in the third one-day international. And we've got fantastic odds at $1.08. That sounds about right. I don't think Zimbabwe have been good since I led them to greatness on Cricket 07. Can you name a Zimbabwean cricketer from history? Um... No. No, I cannot. Who was your go-to player on Cricket 07, though, when you were the superstar? Did you emulate your hero merely? No, it was more of a... Um, uh, when we played... Um, I preferred going for the just the really bad teams. Loved a good Bangladesh. I loved playing as the USA, to be honest. They were, they are fucking brutal. I'm surprised they even have a team. Well, I don't think they do in the new games. I mean, fair. I haven't played a cricket game since 07, so. Neither have I, to be honest. Yeah. Well. Um, leg number three, we're on the Seahawks to cover the line against the Buffalo Bills. Good shot. Two and a half points at $1.88. And then the biggest roughy we're saving for leg number four. It's a big, big risk. It probably won't happen, but it'll get our money. Sleepy Joe to win the election. Really? You think that's, that's a risk? No. I, I think he will win pretty comfortably at $1.50. $1.50. That's whether Donald accepts the result, whether... Uh, he actually makes it to inauguration day or gets assassinated beforehand or just keels over from his dementia. That's so bizarre what's going on over there. He could genuinely just be like, actually, I'm, I'm not going to leave. I'm still the president. I wouldn't put it past him. So it, it could legitimately be a civil war, whichever way the result goes. If Trump wins, they'll rip the country down. And if Biden wins, Trump will they'll rip the country down. Rip the country down. God, God. And they say America is a fucking first world country. Give me a break. It will be mayhem. I can't wait to work from home Wednesday morning and turn the TV on and watch the results. I and just see what happens. Can't wait to watch the purge American election. <laughs> but anyway, the multi paying $22.84. Get on it. Guaranteed. That's a good one. Not a, not a single roughie in the second mortgage, third mortgage. Put it all on it. $22. See, I find it hard Absolutely. to put up horses just because I'm like, it literally could be anyone. They're a fucking horse. Good. What do we got next? Uh, do you want to do a quiz or someone I haven't thought of? Although someone I haven't thought of. I've got some absolute belters. 
No, I, I don't. All right. Um, do you want me to start? Yeah, you can start it. All right. Someone you probably haven't thought of in a while. Des Headland. Oh. Yeah, no, it's a good shout. I'll give you that one. I don't think I've thought of Des Headland in a while. I can't think uh, All right. Darren Gaspar. Well, I haven't thought of him in a while, but I remember that name. Ooh, Darren. You don't remember? No, no, I remember him. I haven't thought of oh, him. I remember, yeah. Legendary Richmond fullback. He he was a classic fullback where he was just like, doink, doink. Yep. Just um, a classic spoil merchant. Yep. Golden Fist. Ah, he, he would have won them all. All right. Someone you haven't thought of in a while. A cult legend, Satanta O'Halpin. Oh, you're so <laughs> unlucky. Oh, what? About I thought of him today when I, I thought of him today when I was thinking of my ones for this. Oh, uh, Satanta. Because I, I was thinking about him, and then I thought about how he had the punch on with his own teammate at training. Oh, he was. With Cameron Cloak. Cameron Cloak, Jesus. Ah, oh, that's that's very stiff from you. I hadn't thought of him until until two hours ago. God damn! Uh, who we got? Adam Hunter. No, I couldn't even tell you where he's from. West, West Coast. West Coast Eagles. He a forward, Premiership hero. Yeah, I think he was a, a winger slash half forward. He kicked a really important goal in one of those grand finals. Though. Nah, that's a good shout. I haven't. Oh, fuck, I haven't thought of him in ages. I'd have to look him up. I um, I reckon he kicked the first goal in one of the grand finals because I was watching, just before the this year's grand finals, watching a super cut of the first goal from every grand final. Yeah. And he was in storming into an open goal. Good God. I, I looked up um, Adam Hunter and suggested it came up with Daniel Chick. Daniel Chick is so fat now. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty fat when he played. Yeah, he was. He was no spring chicken. Uh, All right, we want to do one more because I think. Yeah, you, you let's know, do one more. I have. I only had three. All right. Daniel Bradshaw. <laughs> I thought of him six minutes ago when we talked about Jonathan Brown and Fed. Was he a half backman? That's where he was. No, he was a full forward. How do they feel? Bradshaw, the Brisbane guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's rough. Browning was centre-half forward and Bradshaw was full forward after Lynch retired. Yeah. Uh, my, um, my backup was Luke Power. I've been going back and watching the, um, the triple premiership. Just the highlights. Mm, um, Fire. So good. Again, hadn't thought of Luke Power until an hour ago when... I didn't actually think of him for this. I was researching the, the quiz that we're about to do and I, I came across his name on Wikipedia. But uh, my third one is Simon Prestigiacomo. Oh, yeah. What a gun. I haven't thought of him in a while, but, geez, he was... He was... Um, from memory, he was like a small halfback. Like, no, he was the fullback. 
fullback? Fuck. At Collingwood, yeah. And that's, a, that's a hell of a name. To add to that, James Clement? Nah. Two Collingwood fullbacks that you just don't think of. Simon Presage, those were better days. Those oh, really were better Pre- days. Presty storming out, just loved it. Well, a clean, clean sweep for Ash. 3 1 he goes this week. Gonna have to do some actual research. I mean, you were unlucky with a couple of yours, I'll be honest. Oh, I can't believe I didn't sneak Satanta O'Halpin behind you. What can I say? The hail pin? The Irish rage machine? He had a brother, yeah? I mean, he may have a brother, but I don't think his brother ever played AFL. I very well could be wrong. Um, I'm not really up with all my obscure Irish footballers, but... Fijian Irish sportsman. Fijian? Yep. Did he have a brother that played AFL, though, is the question. Doesn't look like it. Yeah, no, I, I not in the AFL. What in the the Gaelic Football League? Uh, signed with Torridon Dalmore in the SEFNL. Southeastern Football Netball League. No idea. He played eighty games for Carlton. Jesus. Yeah. How many did he play for GWS? Did he play for GWS? He did. Um, he played eight games for GWS. Eight. Eight too many. A glittering career. All right. Let's see if you can redeem yourself with my who am I quiz. Yeah, right. Let's hit it. For five points. I was drafted at pick number five in the 2001 National Draft. Three picks ahead of Jimmy Bartell, who was drafted at pick number eight. The way you say that makes me feel like this isn't a good player. Uh, Luke Ball. Incorrect. I'm pretty sure Luke Ball went top three in that draft, didn't he? I think that's about you. I I think he was number one. What Hodge went? Did he? I thought Ball went one, then Hodge, then Judd. Jeez, that is a good draft. Um, anyway, Next incorrect. One. I played 105 games for St Kilda, as well as one game for the Indigenous All Stars in 2007, and a solitary appearance for Brisbane in 2010. 2001. Oh, St Kilda. Uh, next one. All right, for three points. At 181 centimetres and 78 kilos, I wasn't an overly tall midfielder, but my pace and skills had me touted as one of the best underage players of my year. Despite this, my career was underwhelming, with some describing me as one of the biggest draft flops of the 2000s. Oh, it's not Raf Clark, is it? It is not. 
He definitely played for he definitely played for Brisbane though, Raf Clark. For two points. My younger brother also played with the Saints and also struggled. You're telling me it's Zave. He's got it for two points. It is Xavier Clark. <laughs> Fuck. He got picked five. Good grief. He went pick five. All right. I think I've still got it up. The 2001 draft class. Number one. Yeah, you were right. Luke Hodge at number one. Luke Ball, number two. Chris Judd, number three. Num- think you could name any of the top 20? Although it's hard to know what year it's from, I guess. You said 2001, yeah? Yeah. Uh. Um, oh, there's some great names for people you haven't thought of in a while in here. Yeah, go on, throw them at us. Uh, Graham Polak went to Fremantle. Oh, Graham Polak. Xavier Clark at pick five. Pick six, the West Coast Eagles selected Ashley Sampy. Ah, oh, mate, took one of the greatest grabs of all time. He did. Sampy! Uh, pick seven, David Hale. Jimmy Bartell at eight. Luke Molan. Sam Power. Richard Cole. Oof. Brent, Riley, Brent Riley went to Adelaide. Oh, yeah, he was, he was all right. He had a long career. Uh, Nick Del Santo at 13. Jesus, Saints had a... I was about to say a good draft, but then they drafted Dave Clark at number five. So. Yeah. Ashley Watson, Barry Brooks. At, uh, at number 16, Hawthorne selected, Rick Ladson. Oh, Ricky Ladson. Absolute laser of a left foot. Uh, James Kelly went 17. Yeah, I'll just uh, go some notable names. Jason Graham went 19. Goose Maguire, 21. Mark Seavey to West Coast at 22. Mark, ah, oh, this takes you back. This is great. Steve, Stevie J at 24. Ooh. Lewis Roberts Thompson, uh, yeah, Roberts Thompson at 29. Campbell Brown at 32. Jeez. David Roden at 33. Oh, one of the greatest goal umpires at this point in time. And I would like to submit that the 2001 draft has the greatest ever 36 through 40 selections. I honestly couldn't tell you otherwise. 36. A uh, young fella named Sam Mitchell. Yeah, he goes all right. 37, Lee Montagna. Goes all right, too. 38, Ashley Hansen. Ooh. 39, a bloke called Justin Davies. And then at 40, uh, also some no-name bloke called Gary Ablett Jr. Yeah. You want to... Uh, Jared, yeah, because father-son. Back then, they went late. But yeah, that's still 40. Jared Waite, 46. Paul Salmon, 50. Paul Medhurst at 56. Paul Medhurst. Dane Swan at 58. Sheesh. Um, Brian Lake at 71. Oh, or Brian, Brian Harris, as he was then known. Why did he change his name? Do we know that? Uh, I think it's his mother's maiden name. 
Daddy issue. But that, that concludes our review of the 2001 draft and the quiz. Yeah, maybe we'll just go um, draft by draft for the next... I mean, I, I don't mind this as a segment. Draft recall. Oh, it's great. Uh, all right. Well, time for the last call. Yeah, sounds good. Um, do you want to start off? Uh, I can, yes. So just to really start on an exciting note, the uh, Victoria's first game of the Sheffield Shield cricket season this week. Woo! They uh, unfortunately drew with South Australia this afternoon. But in exciting news, uh, the opening stand for Victoria featured batsman Marcus Harris and Will Pukowski, who's only 19 or 20, I think, and was the highest ever partnership in the Sheffield Shield's history. Jesus. How much? Victoria, at one stage, were none were none for 486. Jesus Christ. And we uh, lost. Uh, not beating lost. the record previously held by... Hey? And we drew? Uh, yeah, so um, we only batted once. Yeah. And South Australia batted... So we bowled South Australia out for 200. Uh, Victoria declared three for 580 or something I think and then South Australia ended up 8 for 380 ish I think Travis Head made 151 in the second innings which is good for Australia get him into a bit of form but uh, yeah their partnership beat the record previously held by Steve and Mark War oh almost like 25 years ago I think for New South Wales oh, they're pretty good cricket players from what I've heard uh, yeah, they, they went all right. They uh, had a little bit of talent. You, nobody would refer to them as the Raf and Zave Clark of the cricket world. We'll put it I that don't way. think they would. Um, Jesus, 400. Good grief. 486, yeah. Harris made two, uh, 239, I think, and Pukowski ended up 255, not out. So he's definitely in line for an Australian debut this summer, I would think. Yeah. At 19, that's a fair shout. I think he's not. He's, I, he's younger than us, at least. Yeah. Is that... Um, do Australian teams get picked off form anymore? Or is it just, like, names nowadays? Because I've never heard of this Will kid, but, like, he's the type yeah. of player who'd get um, missed out on the squad for, you know, Brad Haddon or something. Just, like, a name somewhere past his prime. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. And and uh, now that I've Googled it, he is 22. So he is a month older than me, but still very young yet. So it's sort of a little bit of both. They do still pick people on name, but uh, they also pick people on form, which is good. The last few years have been a few people make their debuts like crazily late because they're just batting so well. Yeah. Um, and honestly disregarding the ball tampering scandal. Australian cricket's been in a pretty good position the last few years because we are... The selection process has been pretty good. Good. Like, I think we're number two test side in the world. We might be number one one-day side in the world. Yeah. I assume India's um, number one. I think so. We play India this summer and should beat them. Like, last time we played them in Australia, they won, but that was the year Smith and Warner were out. Yeah. Um, oh, now Smith's back, Warner's back. Um, 
Also some news. They announced that the MCG is keeping the Boxing Day test. At uh, a quarter capacity at this stage, so 25,000. So that'd be interesting. Um, but I mean, you've had three days of zero in a row, so... Yeah, no, we're looking good. Um, if, the, um, if the numbers stay really, really low for the next like month and a half, you'll probably find that doubles to 50,000, I would think. I think so. Um, just because, which is about all they get, other than the first day, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, we're now one point nine, I think, our rolling average, yeah. Um, yeah. and regional Victoria is like point two. So, and they're basically fully open. So, if we can keep our numbers zeros, then um, it's looking good. Yeah. And there is, uh, there is talk that the New South Wales border might open to regional Victoria within the next week or so. so that would be exciting. Um, yeah. Well, not you, but my family might be able to come up. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, well, I mean, Dad wants to get anywhere where he doesn't have to wear a mask. Yeah, that's fair. It was his birthday Saturday night and Mum asked him where he wanted to go for dinner. He said, no, we're, we're staying home. I don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> That's tough. Poor Dean. Uh, yeah, but no, like the cricket summer has been announced. A one day in a T20 in Canberra, so that's good for us ACT locals. Oh, that's good. Where, where, where's that um, played? What's At Monica. Monica. Yeah. We always get a couple of cricket games, a couple of footy games a year. Yeah, the famous home ground of Melbourne or Port Adelaide, one of the two. I think of T.O. No, that's T.O. We get three GWS home games. Oh, yeah. You used to get North games, though, I think, back in the day. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, before they partnered with Hobart, I think they came here, yeah. Yeah, fair. Um, all right. My next point, I wanted to talk about, you know how LaMelo Ball has been playing in Australia? Yeah, with some just, like, regional New South Wales team, doesn't he play for? Yeah, Illawarra. Illawarra, that's right. The, the Hawks. So, Lamello plays for Illawarra, and another draft um, prospect um, plays for the Breakers, I think. Now, they have... Uh, they came over because they wanted to make money, um, but they're also eligible for the draft this year. Now, Lamello, uh, about six months ago, before he came to Australia... Oh, whenever he came over to Australia, was a consensus top three pick. And now the NBA scouts and teams have him falling out of the top five just because he hasn't looked as good playing against actual grown men versus college students. How do you feel about people coming here to get money versus if they, if they stayed in the college system, they would um, run rampant? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's each each to their own and, and you've got to weigh up. Obviously, it was probably his dad's decision, right, to send him here because he's sort of like, a, from the limited amount I know about the balls, he seems... Yeah, he sent the other one to Lithuania, I think. A control freak. But, I mean, you've got to weigh, like, what you're going to earn this year against future earnings, I guess, so whether you need the money now and, like, there's a multitude of factors and obviously he probably thought Lamello would do better this year than he has actually done. Yep. Cause I can't imagine he's um, paid too much to be here. 
No, there's not that much money in the NBL. Um, um, not now. Bogut, Bogut would be the highest paid player, wouldn't he, comfortably? Yeah, for sure. Him and um, I think his name's Ryan Brokoff. Other, yeah. other... Um, but I mean, at, at the same time, he's only a young kid. And um, even if he drops out of the top five, for the draft, like once he plays a couple of years in the NBA, if he proves that he's as good as the scouts expected him to be, he'll be able to renegotiate that contract up. Yeah, no, that's so, fair. I mean, it's it is probably a negligible difference in the long run, and it just means you start earning sooner. You can sort of, depending on how smart you are with your finances, you can sort of start setting yourself up earlier. Yeah, because I mean. Everybody that's into finance knows the earlier you get into the market and the earlier you make good investments, then the quicker it pays off in the long run, obviously. Yeah, we'll see how the balls go with that because they're famously uh, not too frugal with their spend. Quite legitimately, my main exposure to those nut jobs was I was just scrolling through Foxtel one day and happened to land on the WWE and they were on there. And oh, yeah. by all accounts, they're acting exactly as they actually are. And they seem like completely just wrestling characters. Yeah. no. The dad, the dad especially, he seemed like a caricature that had just been scripted to be as ridiculous as he could. Oh, he absolutely is. It's wild. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, from a financial point of view, I don't know. And from a moral point of view, like coming over here to earn money, and taking somebody else's spot. I don't have an issue with that. I don't think that's yep. a problem. Um, Spores, I, I don't really know if I have that much else. Um, i got one more. I'll, I'll throw it back over to you. Hawthorne have announced their coaching changes for the year with Sam Mitchell um, being announced as head of development and head um, coach of the Box Hill Hawks. Which makes me think that Clarko is on his way out. Um, Chris Newman, Brendan Bolton, and Craig McRae. Oh, that's a name I've heard in a while. Um, will all be part of Clarko's assistant management team. But it definitely does look like Hawthorne are uh, putting in a contingency plan for when Clarko leaves or we kick him out. I mean, it is smart to have that foresight um, to sort of develop and like get ingrained in the club systems. Obviously, he's been an assistant there for the last few years, hasn't he, Mitchell? Yeah, after he fucked the West Coast off. Yeah. I mean, well, in fairness to him, Clarko kind of shipped him to West Coast, didn't he? Yeah, but the whole thing about West Coast is they um, promised him, I think, a year or two, and then they'd go on to his... Um, onto their coaching staff, but he was like, I don't want to be in Perth. So yeah. see ya. I mean, that's, and it's fair enough. But um, yeah, no, I don't think it's a, it's a bad idea at all. Um, obviously, if he turns out to not be a great coach, at least it's, it's better to do that at VFL level than it is to do at AFL level. Yeah, tuck him straight in. Um, that does actually raise another question. Uh, a point I did want to talk about that I had forgotten about the um, the restructuring of the VFL and the the NEFL, which is the Northeastern mm. 
second tier. What do you think about the the combined second tier comp? It's basically Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria all in one. Um, I think it'll make for not a more like countrywide game, but I think it'll <clears throat> the kind of like iron sharpens iron. I think I because I think especially in the VFL, you have um, some good teams who are associated with clubs and then just standalone teams who get absolutely whooped every week. I think if you increase the competition, um, then it'll make for a more valid um, development, um, like almost like a development centre. Yeah, I, I think you raised some good points, but the, the point that is possibly not as well correct and will continue to like get further away as, as this system moves forward is like there are a couple of those standalone clubs that are hugely successful like Port Melbourne and Williamstown are unbelievably good in the v- VFL and they're standalone do they not have um, clubs no oh. but oh. like I think what this is going to do and like forcing people to travel to Queensland and New South Wales and stuff is it, it's gonna take it more towards being just a development comp and being, I think the AFL's intention with this is to move it closer towards a universal, just like reserves for AFL teams. Yeah. So like get rid of all the standalone clubs and just have it. Every AFL side has a reserve side and they play in this same comp against each other. Yeah. Um, and I think it's for obviously like some of the standalone clubs have, Folded already. North Ballarat, Bendigo, um, Frank's but like Williamstown, Williamstown are really good. Port Melbourne are really good. Coached by Gary Ayres. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just it does seem like, and the point you raised is right that it's going more towards a developmental comp instead of just a genuine competition. And I think that'll take away from the like almost the country aspect. Um, where you know, there's going to be less travelling to, I don't know, Casey Fields and more, they're going to start playing at bigger grounds and make it more of a spectacle. I think you're going to lose the almost like grassroots element of football. That's true, though counter to that, it might improve the quality of actual country football or like amateur football because hmm. if it becomes just like a development feeding ground, like those players that either just aren't ever going to be good enough to play AFL or are past it, have been spat out of the system, won't play in that reserve comp and will go play either at a comp in Melbourne or will play country footy. Yeah, no, that's a fair shout. So you're saying um, it'll be a purely like reserves league. So like North Melbourne will have their reserves team and they'll play against GWS's reserves team kind of thing. I think the way it's heading... And it might not be straight away, but I think it's heading towards being an 18-side nationwide reserves comp. Yeah. And in a way, that could almost be good. I don't know if they'll actually do it, but I know lots of fans would like to see it. And it would make sense to sort of have the fixtures in line with the AFL and have them play before the AFL games. Curtain raises. Curtain raises. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that will actually happen, but it would be much more feasible if every... 
perhaps like every side in the comp was aligned with an AFL side, it would be doable. Yeah. And I think um, that makes sense. And I'm not sure I'm not sure that will happen in the short term, but what I do think will happen in the next few years is those standalone clubs will fold and it will be it might not include the the Perth sides or the Adelaide sides, because obviously they play in the Waffle and the Sandville. Yeah. And they're very proud ongoing comps. But I think the uh, the other fourteen sides will probably all have reserve sides, standalone reserve sides, and they will um, play each other just as like a feeding ground, basically. I don't hate the idea. Um, I think it'll be good for, I think, when you have kids who are newly drafted and just get, like, for Carlton, for example, they're like, well, we've got a new kid. He's good, but he's not good enough. And if we throw him into the first team, he's just going to get eaten alive because he's, you know, six foot one and 40 kilos. So I think it'd be good to have that development um, league where you're kind of just, yeah, just developing them for AFL. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, that's true, but it's a double-edged sword. And this sort of goes back to the, the previous point about Lamello Ball is um, it may be like, they'll probably perform better if it's just a development league, but the, the thing about playing in that league against like established bodies and like hard nuts and people that have been there is you sort of a learn what it takes from your teammates, but like learn to handle the physicality and like the level that you're expected to play at. Yeah. So Lamello ball, for example, like, well, he might not look that impressive this year compared to the other college kids that are playing. You might find when he gets to that elite level, he's better equipped to like handle the physicality and the rigors and like, yeah, the touring schedule and stuff because he's played against those established like hardened bodies compared to all these peers that have been playing against college kids. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. So I think it's a double-edged sword in that regard, and like it will probably be depending on how the AFL manage it. Like it could be good for fans if they bring back curtain raises, um, and it might make a lot more people care about the VFL, especially if all of the AFL clubs have their own standalone teams. Um, and it could be good for like local footy, but it could also take away from the competitiveness really of like the VFL comp. Cause if it's just a feeding ground, you really don't care if you win, you just care about how you play. Yeah. And how your you know, gun second rounder is playing kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the other thing. And obviously it happens now, but it would be more rife to happen with, You'd have AFL coaches saying, okay, you do this, this, and this. We don't care if you win. We just want this guy to do this. We want this guy to do this. Yeah. This guy to play half. And like, it, it could just, it has the potential to compromise the integrity of the comp and take away from that just fierce desire to win. But I mean, yeah, it is that double edged sword. Because then you get, you know, less James Podolskis. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's probably less of a thing in contact sports, obviously, because kids are so, well, like compared to fully grown and battered adults can get hurt and are weaker. But in cricket, at least, where it's a non-contact sport and it's all about skill and like intensity, um, they do try and blood like young kids into higher levels that they're possibly not quite ready for. Yep. Just so you can like get that experience and know what it takes and sort of fight at that higher level because that's the only way you get better, right? 
Yeah, no. If you're playing against people that you're better than, obviously you look good, but you're not improving. Yeah, you're not actually getting better. Whereas if you're playing against people that are, like, using the cricket example, if you're bowling to a batsman that's just way too good for you, or if you're batting against a bowler that's too fast or just too skillful, yeah, it's like sink or swim. You learn to adapt or you fail. And the ones that learn to adapt are the ones that will learn to adapt and succeed at that highest level. Yeah, no, I think it's a interesting idea. I don't think it'll be implemented anytime soon, especially with the travel restrictions, but could be interesting to see. And maybe you'll have less people um, like flaming out. Um, but I mean, like uh, the travel restrictions, like that two tier interstate comp is already happening next year. Wow. That's already here. Like the the Victorian sides will have to travel to New South Wales and to Queensland. Yeah. Jeez. All which right. is a much bigger burden on like standalone clubs where none of their players are professionals and have to work. Yeah, they're part time. Oh my Gary down at the pub. Works as a plumber. And on top of that, it's going to like be significant expenses for the AFL who will have to tra- uh, cover all those travel bills. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how they're going to do that. Like, obviously, they um, they make a lot of money. But, like, in this, you know, COVID era where people are losing money hand over fist, like, you can't really afford yeah. to ship. And, and the AFL themselves are cutting jobs left, right and centre. Like... They're trying to save money anywhere they can, and this just seems like a move that won't do that, at least in the short term. Hopefully Gil's next. Not, not a Gil fan? Uh, see, I, I lived through Essendon in the age of Andrew Demetrius. Hitler would have been an improvement. He is an improvement. Um, I met Andrew Demetrius once. Big dude. I'm lucky you. Uh...